So welcome everyone to Carving a New Path. My name is Andrea Hyland and I am the host of this show. Just to give you a little brief overview, the podcast really began in 2020 in response to all the change that people were experiencing. So I started to invite people on the show to talk about uh, you know, what it's like when you're listening to your inner voice and then you birth new ways of being in the world, which can involve letting go of old things. And that's part of the process. And then there it is. You you see a new path in front of you. You may take a step or two, or it may be a running leap. Depends on what it is. But what I found was that my guests had resources and tools that were supportive in grounding and navigating change. So that's the intention of the show. And today's show, episode 32, is Meet Aubrey Remedy a normal empath. And well, first I'll just say, before I describe a little bit about you, Aubrey, let me just say hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Andrea, for having me. And this is a, a pleasure to be here. And it's uh, just feel in my system like, wow, we have a very different new path since 2020. And now on this recording date in, you know, January of 2024, it's a, it's a new world. There's a lot of changes that have happened. And, uh, this is what I feel like, uh, teachers like us are trying to bring forward is how can people resource themselves in these new, exciting, sometimes terrifying situations that we're finding ourselves in. Yeah, thank you. And well said, well said to get this conversation started. Um, before we talk anymore, I just want to let everyone know, here's a few words that I've put together to describe who is Aubrey, just to give you a little bit of her background. She's a wellness practitioner with a unique mix of experience working with conventional as well as complementary and alternative medicine with a, a body-mind-spirit approach. And with decades of practice, she's really discovered that the key to her health is a balanced nervous system. And that's why she considers each treatment as something special and completely personalized, because each nervous system has a different key to unlock ease from disease. And on her website, which I have the link in the show description here, on her website, you can find online courses, a blog, and free resources, including the Ease Keys for Empaths that she created. And also, congratulations, she is the co-host of a new podcast on Spotify called A Normal Empath, which is why... I wanted to put that into the title of the show. And there's a link to her podcast also in the show description. So where do we begin, Aubrey? Um, I feel like this is a, um, a, a good place to begin is this development of the ease keys and how uh, going into 2020, uh, my dear friend and co-author, uh, Teresa uh, Posacani, who is a co-creator on these Eats Keys and a fellow teacher, 
we were studying polyvagal theory and trauma-informed care and all these things about the nervous system and movement and how the nervous system shifts in response to different things and how our family of origin or even intergenerational habits influence how the nervous system is responding. So we were starting to study that and starting to bring uh, different ideas together into writing. And this happened right before all the uh, shutdowns happened for the pandemic. So wow. then, then we had this project at least to play with was, okay, well, we can't see people in person, but we can still do these Zooms. We can still write things. We can still read things and we can practice with our bodies um, under a very strenuous and difficult situation. How can we find more ease in our bodies and what exercises and practices are really working for us? And we spent 2020 putting this book together and, uh, most people that came back to us from this said, this seems too complicated. We can't quite get what you're, what you're bringing forward. So then we spent 2021 um, recognizing that what we were saying in the book, which was when you're in your survival brain, your executive function is not online. Mm -hmm. And for energetically attuned and empathic people, your, your, your electrical system's not plugged in. Your energy system gets unplugged when we're in a, a stress reflex. So I was seeing these, these two things happening in tandem. And so we realized we had to really wind things back to a very simple, how could a survival brain in a stress reflex hear this information and connect to it and feel safe? Mm -hmm. So we had to totally go back in and revamp and rewrite, bring things down to more of a, you know, middle school reading level and connection level and pay so much attention to the the words and the images and the order coming forward in a simple manner that didn't overwhelm the nervous system and this has started to revamp how how I do everything so like how I meet people in my practice how I meet people outside of my practice I can really sit in a place now of okay, how can my nervous system meet their nervous system in a way that we both feel safe and secure so our executive function can be as brilliant as it would like to be? Mm -hmm. And so that that's the uh, sandbox that I've been playing with uh, during the pandemic and what I've brought forward. Now, speaking of intergenerational, then uh, Teresa's daughter, uh, Kate, who is my co-host, then we got to meet through us coming together because uh, we met because of a flood. I was living a few miles away from Teresa and we were working together during the uh, pandemic in our separate spaces, right? And so then I had a big flood and um, I want to say that it's January, 2022. And uh, she was trying to help me get out of that. And she's like, you know, I'm, it's, it's been too long being by myself and being an empty nester and why don't you just come move in with me? I would love to have somebody here and boom, here I am. And so then I get to know Kate and we're both really empathic beings with a lot of similarities in just a ton of similarities. And she introduced me to this book by Judith Orloff called uh, Survival, The Empath Survival Guide. And 
I didn't love this book. And I was sad about that because I love Judith Orloff and I've read other books about her that I really love, but I felt like there was something in my empathic system that was not being spoken to um, from her empathic interpretations or, or however, maybe it was her editor. I have no idea. I just knew that something was missing. And um, it's usually how my system responds. It's like, no, I don't like that. I want that to be different. And then creation happens. So um, even historically, um, I, I have a history of working a lot in women's health and in particular around breast health and breast massage. And that was launched because I started reading studies uh, from conventional medicine about how to deal with breast health. And I was like, no, that's not right. And so then I created breast health classes and breast massage classes to answer that that big no in my system that said no make this different this is not right <laughs> so the ease keys for empaths and intuitive classes were born because of that and Kate and I have developed this great relationship we've got uh empath uh success practices and uh we're now turning into uh what we're calling uh energy management toolkit is what we're just starting to put forward so that people can think about how their nervous system and their energy system works together. And maybe the nervous system is doing something or the energy system is doing something, but how can we get them to work together and to deactivate these stress reflexes by activating restoration reflexes? Mm -hmm. And uh, that can happen in the physical, it can happen in the spiritual, it can happen in the mental, but ideally we get as many of those plugged in as possible to really feel centered and grounded and present in, in ourselves and with uh, our hearts and our true natures and our, our path and our purpose. Well, I, you know, there's so much I want to respond to. And also I just wanted to say to the listeners Part of this whole thing about wanting to talk about how we carve new paths is actually the way Aubrey was describing the situations, the working with someone, the the process of creating something, then realizing, wait, we need to we need to take a few steps back and look at this again because there's the approach that you have to. Uh, bringing together the science and the spirituality, the body, everything. And then there's the, uh, how do I then communicate this to someone? I mean, I'm always getting this feeling like if I could just put forehead to forehead together with someone and download information, transfer information to each other, you know, that it's sometimes, and it's funny because I am a writer and so I love words and yet, sometimes to share an energetic, it just would feel easier to have some kind of, uh, you know, the way you can put your phones together and do some airdrop of, of information back and forth. So I, so I just want to say to the listeners, I think part of the, the conversation here is to tune in for yourself about what is, what is reorganizing either in your system or in your world, in your work, in your relationships, and see how it's it's not a straight path. It is a circular path. And more and more, I'm seeing the circle in all of this. 
in all of these conversations that you pick up one thing. I used to have a friend who liked to refer to the, um, I, I say I used to because she died in uh, January, 2014. So maybe that's coming through a little bit, just honoring her life and her, her death um, a year, 10 years ago. And, but it was the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel goes around, you know, you get on, you're at different points, you pick up some more information. And with that, um, and I want to really highlight that how all of these connections happened for you and that you're continuing to find what is the, what's the key to our own nervous systems, and then the key to connecting with others and being able to pass on this information. So those are some of the things that are coming up. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, Well, what I really love about your instinct about forehead to forehead is, uh, you know, deep in the center of our foreheads are are that our prefrontal cortex is and our mirror neurons are there. So This is a, this is something that is part of the paradigm shift is for people to recognize, oh, my mirror neurons are picking up on the, the emotion, the energy of the people and space around me. And so sometimes when I'm feeling things, and this is so important for empathic people, some of the things that feel like they're coming from the inside are actually reflections of what's going on on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so once I became aware of, oh, there's actually a structure inside of our brains, its job is to recognize what's going on around us. And um, I always call, I also call it the monkey see monkey do neurons, because that's when they're most active in children is when they are observing people and learning things. And that's how they discovered these mirror neurons is they were teaching monkeys and they kept showing, seeing in the brain scans that the monkeys were having different parts of their brain light up that were actually the mirroring what was happening in front of them. So even though the monkey wasn't doing the activity, the parts of the brain were lighting up as the monkey watched in order to help help them learn. So these mirror neurons are picking up things from out around us, picking up things from the people around us. And we all have that experience. We walk into a room and we can tell, oh, there's a party happening or, oh, an argument just happened. Something feels really tense here. And our nervous systems pick these things up. And sometimes it gets shuffled to the subconscious because we're really preoccupied with something else. And we've taught ourselves to shuffle that information to the background. And some of us, that information is more forefront and it's more obvious to us and it's louder. So what the good news is about these neurons is when we get our systems in really great regulation and we feel really balanced and we have a, a, a good energy. And again, people are like, oh, this person just has a good vibe, right? We, we, we know and feel these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, us being in a regulated state influences the people around us. So it took me from the defensive to the offensive a little more instead of feeling like, oh, my mirror neurons are so sensitive and what am I going to do about this? I just realized, well, hey, if I really focus on 
recalibrating my mirror neurons to something bigger than myself and bigger than the situation. And this is where I ask my mirror neurons and I kind of turn my radar either to mother earth or to a higher power or to, you know, whatever larger system is speaking to me in the moment. It could be that I'm in a great place in nature, you know, whatever that is. I ask my mirror neurons to calibrate to something larger and more present and balanced than I feel in the situation. And then through me, that reflection comes out into the environment and affects the people around me. So I first I felt like, oh, these people are too intense for me to be around and they need to change. But like, how often has that worked for anybody? Like ever? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So when I said, well, you know, I'm just going to regulate myself and I'm going to ask as a divine child of heaven and earth, that's my spirituality. I'm going to ask, you know, father sky and mother earth and the universe, the big heart of the universe to help me balance and be present in this situation. And then I can reflect that, that feeling, that frequency, that whatever that is out into the world. And it really was so empowering for me. And that's what I wanted to bring forward to empaths is like, I'm a normal empath going about my work, going about grocery shopping, all of these things. But I've I've worked with my nervous system and my energetic system to plug in a way that empowers me to do that. So I don't have to be afraid of all these people and energies around me. And it's not that I won't sometimes really pick up a intense energy from a room or a person, but I have the nervous system balancing tools now to say, okay, this was something from outside of me and monitor the situation. I'm actually okay. There's just some big energy in the room right now, or there's big energy on the planet. Like maybe there's an earthquake happening somewhere. And empathic people seem to be more in touch with those kind of nature energies. So once I once I knew, learned how to rebalance my nervous system when big energies are moving through and allow it to pass by me or pass through me, then that allowed me to stay present when other people maybe were more unsettled. And then I become this, um, like a bell ringing, like, no, it's okay. We're safe. We're actually okay right now. It's going to be all right. So that's been a, just a huge, huge gift for me. And I just, I, I want to share it with everybody. I remember being the scared empath and I'm so sensitive and people kept telling me you're doing it wrong. You're taking on people's energy. And there was so much shaming around it from people who didn't understand um, what I call Claire kinesthesia and like having a sense of energy versus a visual or an audio uh, Claire audience or uh, clairvoyance. And so a lot of people didn't understand that my system worked differently. And so once I figured all this out, then I I know that I'm not the only one. And so I want to share this with people. Well, and it's really important. I I want to highlight for the listeners also is that you may or may not identify as an empath, but whether you do or you don't, to understand that when you know how to regulate your own nervous system, and you take responsibility for using practices, learning some practices, that it really impacts any environment you are in. 
And that can be on, um, like right now I'm in West LA and I tend to take the bus here a lot. And whenever I get on the bus, I practice nervous system regulation because there's a lot of different people coming depending on the time of day. And so I just practice that as it it's good for my body and it does ripple, create a ripple effect out. And there was a point that I had um, th- in the past few years, I have a grandson, I have a couple of grandchildren, but one of my grandsons was born about a year and a half ago. And I had the opportunity to live in, I've lived in the house with them on and off. So I'm there for a couple of months at a time. And I got to really see that whatever we were, the you know, all of us were feeling in the household, like maybe I had a really busy day or I'm working on the phone, I'm working with clients, um, whether his dad was working at home or his mom was working at home, you could see the impact on him from the very beginning. And so I got, it was like, I, I, I mean, I just love him so much. And I look at him as like, he is a little science experiment at times, you know, and like noticing his reaction to things, noticing what he's picking up on. And we can say, we can look at child development and say, oh, they're sponges for the first seven years of their lives. Well, we were all sponges and we all learned as you're saying, certain ways to behave, certain ways to um, support our own nervous systems, which some were probably really good for us and others weren't, you know. Um, But one of the things that I did with him, they have this ABC yoga book, and I just made up like a little song about it and list each of the things. And then I started to do one of the movements. So I did happy baby, you know, and, and then the one after that is inhale. And so we do happy baby. And I say, inhale, exhale. And from that, he just started to do that. And, and so it's like, he started picking up on that nervous system regulation of take a breath let it out, you know, so to understand the, the impact and why this is so valuable and why it is so important that whether you work in an office, you work on at home, you work remotely, you're getting on a bus, you're walking through a grocery store, that all of this you regulate learning how to regulate your own nervous system and having practices can send an energy out to the people who are around you. It's uh, very very well said, and uh, one of my uh, one of my dear teachers, uh, Thea Elijah, uh, she's at perennialmedicine.com. She says that she is teaching the uh, embodiment at a remedial kindergarten level for all of us that never got it. Right. We we were not taught these things in kindergarten like we should have been. Yeah. So I I always um, want to give so so much gratitude for her for helping to 
allow me to connect to my my system in a way that made it okay to make it simple and straightforward. Yes. Because our, at least my mental body really likes to all these details and to make things really complicated. But then when an emergency happened, those details go out the window and we really have to be in a muscle memory situation at that point. And so on uh, for the East keys at powerofeasekeys.com, we, we have these videos and these exercises. And as we developed the exercises, we kept going back to, okay, how can this be simpler? How can this be simpler? How can we make these exercises so anybody anywhere can do this with the body that they have? Mm-hmm. I don't have to buy an extra tool. I don't have to run and get something from the cabinet. I can be in this moment in my car. Um, a Something huge has happened on the highway. I have a memory of like, oh gosh, those poor people in that car. And then I have a memory of, oh, my poor body that's been through things in my car. And I can feel my body breathing in my, that moment. Mm-hmm. I can have my hands on the steering wheel and I can use my fingertips to say, okay, just feel this, feel the fingers on the steering wheel and breathe and feel the texture and come back to now. I'm still driving on the road. Everything's okay. I didn't just get in the accident. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Feel my breath. Um, my favorite is like, and then I can wag my tail a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, wag my tail is my favorite uh, ease keys that I use all the time. And so, and that's just doing like little tiny pelvic tilts or little shifts from side to side. And that's the other thing that I loved is as we went into this, we said we would, we would give it to somebody. And if anybody was like, I don't get it. We're like, okay, back to the drawing board, make it simpler. Mm-hmm. And wag your tail is so great because so many of us have these beautiful these beautiful, you know, four-legged friends that remind us all the time about our tails. <laughs> right. and it, it, it's so great. And so not only can we release the stress reflexes that happen in our pelvic floor, which is, you know, one of our gates to connect to the earth, to connect to our environment, to connect to our security, we can, we can release those stress reflexes with just a simple little wag your tail and in whatever way and whatever size of wag feels good for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, this is how we can use our beloved bodies to really bring us back into safety, security. Okay. I don't love this situation right now, but I can recognize what's happening in the situation. So I can stay present in my executive function, in my beautiful, brilliant frontal lobe to meet this. And that's probably my favorite um, kind of myth about the nervous system. When our nervous systems are in balance and in synergy with our environment, we're not going to be sitting on our meditation pillow all the time. Right. Right. And so to make more room and more for more variety in our nervous system and more acceptance about, oh, the restorative state of my sympathetic nervous system, they we always say fight and flight, fight and flight, fight and flight. Well, yeah, but that's also the play function. Mm-hmm. When we're excited and we're playing a game or we're dancing, that's also the sympathetic nervous system. So like quit making that a villain and enjoy it and just say, okay, 
everybody's really rambunctious and excited. And so I'm going to have to like ramp up my nervous system a little bit to be in this joy and be in this excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to do that when I, when I teach my classes, I can't be in a meditative right. <laughs> or everybody's, nobody's interested. Everybody's falling asleep. Like that's not the right energy for that moment. Mm-hmm. And another time I don't want to be in that energy before I go to sleep. Of mm-hmm. course, then I want to be more in a rest and digest, uh, yeah. but I can also be in a playing dead mode. So that's the other thing in parasympathetic. If I can feel like I'm tired all the time, I'm tired all the time. I want to retreat. I want to be still. I want to be small. That's actually a stress reflex in my parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if I can give myself some grace around that and say, okay, maybe it's not that I'm tired. Maybe it's that I'm a little scared or overwhelmed and I want to retreat. And in my family of origin, Uh, maybe that's how I was taught. It is a safe way to express my fear is to retreat and be quiet and be small. And so these are, these are just different ways I can go into rest and digest, or I can go into playing dead. And those are things that are happening on that side. And then on the other side of that, I can be in fight and fight, or I can be in play. So once we look at the restorative properties of our nervous system and start playing with those, practicing with those, being curious about, well, what's going on with my nervous system? Then we start to have more fun and find more simple engagements that pull us back into restoration and balance. Absolutely. And and again, this is about empowering yourself to learn what different ways of playing with your nervous system and uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, because it wasn't something that anyone in my family knew about or talked about, the way that I had restoration as a child was I would get sick. And there are stories that my mother would tell about, I don't know, you just would get sick and we'd take you to the doctor and they'd say, let you rest and you would just sleep for a week. And, you know, miss school or whatever, but that was the way that uh, that was the only way that I knew to work with my nervous system. I didn't realize that's what it was at that time. And now I don't need to do that any longer because I use different tools and practices to address what my body needs in, in any moment. And it's not that it's perfect. It is ongoing and actually... Some of the things that worked maybe five years ago don't necessarily work right now. So it's a, it is an ongoing practice of learning and being in relationship, just like any relationship. Right, right. Because that's another, um, uh, the polyvagal theory talks about the um, three-part nervous system. And the important part for humans is the social engagement nervous system that's you know, coming from our cranial nerves. And once we start to look at, oh, it's not just the uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic, there's also this cranial nerves of social engagement that creates another space for stress or restoration. And we start to see, oh, I, again, I could have been in a family of origin where being in social engagement was not really safe for me. I needed to retreat more Mm -hmm. or 
being in social engagement was a requirement in my family. And if I'm not socially engaged, I'm not safe. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that was what it was more for me. I was in the kind of the center and the engagement. And then it's like, well, what's wrong with you if you're being quiet and needing, you know, I mean, the, yeah, I, I feel like also learning about my nervous system help me understand how much I need to feed an introverted part of myself. And I love to be engaged with people and to have conversations and, and all of that. And I, there's this other piece that's just really important. And so I don't need to get sick anymore to do that. Isn't that a gift to be able to, to say, oh, well, my nervous system right now is feeling like, um, being engaged is actually not safe or uh-huh. my nervous system is feeling like if there's not somebody there and I'm not engaged, then I'm not safe. And just being able to to recognize that that's happening yeah. and that it's not good or bad. It's just what is because the nervous system has gotten activated. Mm-hmm. And so what are the tools that we have to say, okay, this is a place where it's better for me to have some space here. Uh, th- what are the tools we have to say, actually, it's better for me to be in motion right now. If mm-hmm. I stay, if I'm stuck and I'm too still, that's scary for me. And so, so just looking at all of these from a nervous system perspective and seeing where we could just make these subtle shifts to put ourselves into restoration and that's what uh, I've got a restorative anatomy class that's um, starting in February. Uh, and we talk about like, okay, here are the nerves that are involved with these stress reflexes and how do they show up in my body? And then what are the actions and reflexes that put that part of the nervous system into restoration? Mm-hmm. So, and then we practice it weekly so that we have some time in between to like practice it a couple of times for ourselves and say, you know, my nervous system didn't dig this. And then the next week we say, okay, let's try something else. And they say, oh, that's the one that my nervous system really likes. And so over the six weeks, then you get this opportunity to learn not just your nervous system, but then you start to see, oh, this person has this kind of nervous system and they go into this stress reflex. Mm -hmm. And so then we get to see how we go into stress loops in relationship and how my nervous system needing to be still or be in motion is activating somebody else's nervous system who needs the opposite to feel safe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And that starts February 12th, right? Or this this round of you teaching. So if someone listens to the podcast at a later time, I'm sure there will be another round, but I'll have the, uh, it's in the show description here, um, how to check that out. And wow, I have loved this conversation with you today. It's... um, yeah, we didn't even go into our connection, but let's just say we've known each other for a while and maybe on another podcast that will come up. I've really, really appreciated you being here. Is there anything that else that you want to share? There, um, I think that the biggest thing that I want to let people know who are struggling with all the frequencies and energetic changes on the planet right now is there, there are tools to help. And 
uh, our, our subtitle for the podcast is, and you're not crazy, uh-huh. right? It's like, if you're noticing changes in your system or you're picking up on things that, you know, don't quite make sense, then you know, reach out to people. There's a lot of options right now online. There's a lot of different classes. There's a lot of different teachers and just know that you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Know that you're, you're not alone. And there's a lot of ways to balance your nervous system, balance your energy system so that you can move through all these fantastic changes that our society is going through now in a more peaceful and balanced way. And not to be a pushover, but to meet things where you're at and where the situation is at in a healthy manner. Beautiful. And, you know, especially this year, 2024, there is a lot of change. So to follow that um, suggestion is really important. Take care of yourself. Yeah. That's probably the biggest message for 2024 is a lot of things are going to be coming together and um, just please take care of yourself and make space to take care of yourself is probably Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Have that, um, have that space on the calendar. That's like, this is the time that I'm doing this for myself and have it be not an afterthought, have it be scheduled, have it be there for you. And the earth is always your friend. Anytime that you can hug a tree or get your feet on the ground. Um, I'm playing a lot with, um, they're, they're even making grounding shoes now where the soles Mm -hmm. of the shoes, the rubber is conductive so that you can let your extra electricity move through your shoes. If it's a time of year where it's too cold to be out barefoot, there's, there's so many opportunities to use the gifts of, uh, mother earth to support our nervous systems right now while we're in this big change. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you, Aubrey. And thank you to all the listeners who were here. Check out the website and the um, podcast, uh, A Normal Empath. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye now, everyone.